Kay Adams says the number two overall pick in the NFL draft might be for sale and the Washington commander should be paying attention to the asking price. Well, we are. We're going to dive into what it might cost that and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes as they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me on Twitter at dharrison82 or text me anytime at 202 760 Four, four. And I thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view today and every day. Shout out to my everydayers. I know you're here all week. You're here today. You'll be here tomorrow. Looking forward to talking about some draft picks soon, some, some rookies uh, coming in. But for now, we are in the final stretch of speculation season uh, with a side of ownership ridiculousness. More on that coming up here a little bit later. But first, FanDuel TV's Kay Adams connected some interesting dots recently that could lead to the commander's front steps if uh, she has her way and if she's correct. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young is at the center of it. He has canceled all of his pre-draft visits uh, with other teams that he hasn't already visited. And that fact has everybody buzzing that the Carolina Panthers have already told Young that he is going to be the number one overall pick in this year, in this year's NFL draft. Panthers representatives and spokespersons or spokespeople, however, are saying and telling the media that they have not actually informed Bryce Young of that fact. Either way, if Young is the number one overall pick, then that, that leaves or creates an interesting situation in Houston where right now it is rumored that general manager Nick Casario, who, don't get it twisted, even with the hiring of D'Amico Ryans, Nick Casario, the GM, runs the roster there. He only wants Bryce Young as far as these quarterbacks is concerned and has no interest in drafting Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud with the number two overall pick. But it's not because of C.J. Stroud. It's because of his agent. C.J. Stroud's agent is David Mulgetta, the same agent that represented and still represents now Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. And of course, you know, there's bad blood there. The way that everything went down, the way the stories came out and the public nature and all those other things. And basically, it's to the point where Casario, essentially, at least rumors and reports are saying that Casario simply doesn't want Stroud because of that case. And if that's the case, then the Houston Texans will have two options if Bryce Young is indeed the number one overall pick. Trade back or stick and pick a defensive player like Alabama's Will Anderson Jr. I suppose they could go ahead and trade or uh, pull the trigger on selecting Anthony Richardson out of Florida or quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky. But the predominant thought here is that if Bryce Young goes to the Carolina Panthers, the Houston Texans will either take a defensive player or try to trade out. That second option is the one that is leading us to our discussion today. Casario, again, the GM of the Houston Texans, told media on Monday at his pre-draft press conference that they are open to listening to offers. But most likely, they try to at least negotiate to trade back, and that's where Adams says the commanders come in, saying, quote, this could get chaotic over the next couple of days. The Colts, the Titans, the Raiders, I think the Bucks, the commanders pay really close attention here because the window for your team to strike and grab one of these top quarterbacks may have just opened up even 
wider. So Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew have their pre-draft press conference tomorrow. I will be there in Ashburn with the rest of the natural or the uh, the usual uh, suspects there on the on the commander's beat. I'm sure they, they will be asked about trading up, trading back, and they will do what they always do and give us a whole lot of nothing. That being said, we want to make sure. So does the theory make sense? Absolutely. You don't have a franchise quarterback. There's a potential for franchise quarterback entering this year's NFL draft. If there is the chance that you might be able to trade up to get one of those franchise quarterbacks. We see franchises do it all the time. You can move up uh, and do it. But how much smoke is there? Well, to me, really, the amount of smoke is going to be how much it costs. And to begin with that theory, uh, the Texans would have to pass on Stroud simply because of who his agent is. And that seems like a little bit of a fickle reason to pass on a player. But a lot of messy things went, went down behind the scenes between the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, and his people. So a situation like that one, that's what something that kind of that Kay Adams kind of hits on. It's kind of a historic uh, type of beef between uh, these two factions, and it's still really, really fresh. Like if this thing was five, ten years old, then maybe it'd be a little bit different. But this thing is still pretty new. I mean, the Houston Texans second first round draft pick right now in this year's draft is from the trade that sent Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. So this thing is super fresh. So, yes, I could actually believe that the Houston Texans pass on C.J. Stroud simply become. Uh, simply because of the relationship with da- with David Mulgetta. And the only thing that would change that, I think, is if if CJ was you know an Andrew Luck-style slam dunk franchise quarterback, which he is not considered uh, to be. So that part being set aside, so yes, it is possible that I think that the Houston Texans would be willing to pass on CJ Stroud simply because of that tainted relationship. But the next step here is, who are your other competitors, right? Because it's not like the commanders are bidding against themselves here if they're in the conversations at all. And like Adam said, you have the Colts, the Titans, the Raiders, and the Buccaneers, certainly. The Buccaneers are picking 19th, so they'd actually have to move up even further uh, to get the number two overall pick. But you could also throw in teams like the Seahawks, the Lions, the Falcons, the Patriots, and even the Packers, I think. I don't know if Jordan Love has really done enough in Green Bay to just be the the, the sole heir apparent. So if they think they could do uh, or make a trade and move up to get a guy like C.J. Stroud, I would have put it past them uh, to go ahead and do that if they believe in him. Hell, I think you could even throw in the Minnesota Vikings now. They're all the way back at 23. So moving from 23 to number two, that is probably a little too far uh, to be uh, a reality. But the bottom line is there are other teams that would be in the race here. So that's the second question. We already have an answer. We can't really know for 100% sure, you know, who these quarterbacks have courting them, which quarterbacks the teams want specifically. But we at least know who the competition is. So the third part of this equation, how far are the Texans willing to move back? They may just have a, a dead set li- or a dead set line that they're not willing, willing to move past. They have the number 12 overall pick. So maybe they don't want to move past that number 12 overall pick. Maybe they don't want to move out of the top 10. Maybe they don't want to move, move out of the top five, uh, to be quite honest with you. So that is a question that, unfortunately, we're not going to have public knowledge of. But if they do trade back, say, with the Colts, they're still going to get one of the top defenders. Uh, the Cardinals might get stuck at number three and take a defender, but you're still getting basically either Will Anderson Jr. or Tyree Wilson if you only move back to number four and four to two. You're still going to get some extra draft capital. You're not going to get the haul you would get from the Washington Commanders 16, which we will talk about here in a second, but you're still going to get something, right? So realistically, if the Colts are good with either Stroud or, say, Florida's Anthony Richardson, let's say they could take or leave either one of those guys. It's just a matter of do we start him this year or do we bring in a bridge quarterback? They may not want to move at all. They may not feel the pressure to move up at all, which also actually makes it a little bit easier because you have one team that's kind of out of the running. So bottom line, the commanders wouldn't be uh, alone in bidding for number two. But yes, it is realistic that the Texans could not 
want to draft C.J. Stroud simply because of his representation. Yes, there are other teams involved, but yes, it is possible the Washington Commanders could make a move if they were willing to pay that price. How steep is that price? We will get into that coming up next. You know how we do it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to dive into it, and we're going to simulate this bad boy. That's coming up next here on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that's coming up. Thanks to our friends over at Built Bar. Something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. That is this Saturday. So make sure you head to Built.com this Saturday. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real and palpable. The NFL channel DM on Twitter is kind of going crazy with the thoughts of a new flavor and all these other things. Trust me, it's something you're not going to want to miss. If you know how Built works, They have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So mark your calendars, head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. Can't wait to see what this new flavor is going to be. Make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. Again, that's Built.com anytime, but especially April 22nd at Built.com. You got to try this. Thanks again for making the Lost Dog Commanders podcast first listener first view of the day. Shout out to all the everydayers joining us here as always. Come back tomorrow. I will be back with my thoughts, comments, and reactions to what is said in Ashburn as we sit down with head coach Ron Rivera and GM Martin Mayhew for their pre-draft press conference. But for now, we're living in a fantasy world. Fiction, I don't want to call it fantasy. We're living in a fiction world, a speculation world, where new owner Josh Harris wants C.J. Stroud. Remember, Ron Rivera talked about this, right? If the new ownership group comes in and says, hey, man, we want Lamar Jackson or hey, man, we want C.J. Stroud, they're going to do everything they can to go and get him. So let's pretend Josh Harris wants C.J. Stroud. And let's pretend K. Adams is right and the number two pick is for sale and the Washington Bears have the opportunity to potentially go up and buy that pick. What would it take? Well, five times since the since 2000, since the 2000 NFL draft, the second overall pick has been used on a quarterback. Those five times, 2021 on Zach Wilson to the New York Jets. 2017, Mitchell Trubisky to the Chicago Bears. 2016, Carson Wentz to the Philadelphia Eagles. 2015, Marcus Mariota to the Tennessee Titans. And yes, 2012, Robert Griffin III to the Washington Redskins. Now, more than just two of those involved trades, obviously, but we're going to use the most recent two scenarios. 2017, Mitchell Trubisky to the Bears. 2016, Carson Wentz to the Philadelphia Eagles. Because honestly, Data that's over 10 years old, uh, as much as fun as it would be to relive Robert Griffin III and the Washington Redskins deal, uh, it's over 10 years old. It's not going to be supremely reliable. So if we look at these two historic trades, in 2017, uh, the Chicago Bears trade the number three, the number 67 overall pick, the number 111 overall pick, and a 2018 third rounder to the San Francisco 49ers to move up one spot to get Mitchell Trubisky, the, the number two overall quarterback. So they spent a first a third and a fourth to move up one spot to get their quarterback in 2016. The Philadelphia Eagles wanted to move up to number two. So they gave up the number eight overall pick, the number 77 overall pick, the number 100th overall pick, a 2017 first, a 2018 second to move up six spots to number two overall. They got Carson Wentz and they got a 2017 fourth as well to do that. They gave up two firsts, a second and two thirds. So, Going from three to eight, I think you're going to have to add a first. You're probably going to have to add a third. And you're going to have to turn a fourth into a second round pick, I think. Going from eight to 16, 
add another first, add another third, and keep the fourth round pick. And if that is how this thing goes down, then this is roundabout what you can expect a trade like this to cost the Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders in this scenario would get a 2023 number two overall pick from the Houston Texans to use on quarterback C.J. Stroud. They would then give up a 2023 number 16 overall pick and number 97 overall pick. That 97th is a third rounder. They would also give up a first and third in 2024 and a first, third, and fourth in 2025. That's a lot of draft capital. But remember, you're not only moving up from 16 to 2, you're moving up from 16 to 2 for a quarterback, and that always has a tax to it. And remember, in 2021, just two years ago, the 49ers sent three first-round picks, the first that the first-round pick that year, and then two others to move from 12 to 3. So three first-round picks to go from 12 to 3. We're talking three first-round picks to go from 16 to 2, but we got to add in some other mid-round picks. Uh, to spice up the pot a little bit. So I think that's probably the limit. Like that's probably the minimum of what you're giving up if you want to make this trade happen. Now, already some of you are saying, bro, that is that is too much. That is too rich for my blood. This team has too many needs, too many holes uh, to fill. But I would say this, a lot of talk has been had recently about how the, the Washington Mayor is going to manage the salary cap moving forward, re-sign so many players. I'll be honest with you, taking some first round picks off the table Taking some first-round salaries off the table actually kind of helps you manage that salary cap just a little bit better. And this team, we've all been saying it for the last couple of years, right? This team is average or above quarterback play away from being a playoff team. Now, can Sam Howell provide that? Quite possibly. Can Jacoby Brissett provide that? Quite possibly. But I think most scouts today believe that C.J. Stroud's ceiling is higher than either Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just letting you know how uh, the landscape kind of looks. So if we make this trade, how does the mock draft uh, end up turning out? You know, we had to go one step further and dive into the mock draft machine. And doing so, here's how this thing basically boils down. So number two overall, right? You're, the whole purpose you're making this trade, you're going after quarterback. C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, he becomes your new uh, starting quarterback. Maybe you have a bridge in there for a little while. Um, at number 47, now we're actually going to make a trade. Just for everybody's purposes, I use the PFF a draft simulator for this. Buffalo came up as a team that was interested in trading with me. I did not force this trade. Uh, I trade number 47 to them. I get back 59 and 91. And what I like about this is we still end up, if we're the Washington Commanders in this situation, with two picks between our first pick and the 100th pick of the NFL draft. Remember, uh, at number 16, 47, 97, you had the three picks in the top 100. Now we move up to number two. But because of this deal, we still have two picks in the top 100 after our first round pick. I like that. I, I thought maybe you guys would like that touch as well. At number 59, we come up and we get cornerback DJ Turner out of Michigan. There's your nickelback uh, to play there with Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, Derek Forrest, and Cameron Curl. And then at number 91, we grab running back Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Help out our young quarterback with another weapon. We did miss out on some of those tight ends. Unfortunately, because of this trade, because of missing out on some of the stretches, that's just kind of how things go when you make these trades. You got to kind of sacrifice somewhere. It's unfortunate, but it's a decision that we made to strengthen the running back room and roll with the tight end group that we have uh, on hand already. Number 118, we address the offensive line with Juice Scruggs, a center slash guard potential prospect uh, out of Penn State. 150, we grab Edge, Viliyama, Fahoko. Again, getting rid of some future first-round picks. We kind of manufacture a little bit of cap space by default 
because we don't have to pay those first out round salaries. So maybe now we can afford to pick up Chase Young's option. Maybe now we can afford to extend Montez Sweat uh, on the back end of that. But we pick up Viliyama Fajoko here in case there's an injury situation. Uh, there's a production situation where we end up moving on from Chase Young after 2024. We have Viliyama Fajoko now for two years by that time, uh, by the time that comes and we uh, we move forward that way. Number 193, linebacker Ventrell Miller out of Florida. Add some off-ball linebacker depth to the defense. We'll come back at 215, go back to the offensive line with Allen Ali out of TCU. Uh, center guard prospect uh, as well, so we're addressing a lot of the interior offensive line here. Um, we address some tackle spots. We have Sam Cosby, who's still kind of flip outside as well. And then at 233, we come back, we grab wide receiver Darius Davis out of TCU. So we finish up with two Horn Frog prospects, Darius Davis, immediate punt return challenger uh, for Dax Milne to kind of help us with that third phase of the game on special teams. So that's how the draft class pans out uh, the way that I went through this mock. PFF grades the Stroud trade in A, the second trade to get the extra picks from Buffalo. Uh, graded out as a B in the overall class grade uh, was an A. I got to be honest with you. I kind of like the way this class looks. Now, again, you're missing a first and a third from the next, what, two years. Uh, you're missing a first, third, and fourth uh, that second year. So, you know, certainly that does kind of hurt. But, I mean, look, if you look at the roster as it is, you add DJ Turner to that secondary. You add Tajay Spears to Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Williams. You add Juice Scruggs as a depth potential future contender, uh, competitor on the offensive line for that front. Viliyama Fajoko into the pass rush system. He's a he's a kind of a uh, uh, power pass rusher. Uh, you work on his skills and kind of put him in the rotation. Ventro Miller in there to help the linebacker depth. Another lineman, and then you get that punt return going a little bit better, hopefully, with Darius Davis. If these picks pan out, I think you've got a very formidable team. Uh, and those draft picks, you would love to have them, but if you're just looking for one piece here or there every year, you don't necessarily need all those draft picks. I know we didn't grab a kicker. Uh, but uh, Chad Ryland out of Maryland ended up going undrafted in that simulation. So I'm going to pretend we made a phone call. We kept him in the DMV and he comes in to compete with Joey Sly uh, for our kicker position. So look, some might think that's crazy. The price is crazy. The class is crazy and that's fair, uh, but it's not as crazy as one ownership bid storyline has been. We're going to catch up on the final details and then guys, we're going to leave it behind for now. That's next on today's episode of Locks on Commanders. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's been the oddest ownership bid in NFL history, but it is the oddest ownership bid, uh, at least in this commander sale that I'm aware of. Um, and it took an even odder, not even word, more odd turn uh, here the last couple of days. Speaking, we're speaking about Brian Davis, by the way. We're speaking, but he was speaking to Darren Haynes of WSA9, our Tegna uh, station, co-station here out uh, in, in the DMV. Uh, speaking of Darren Haynes, Brian Davis was about where the money is coming from for his $7 billion bid that has been reported on. Um, that bid has come under some speculation recently. Some people were saying that they thought maybe the money was coming from the Middle East. Uh, and that, of course, raises some red flags. Former Duke Blue Devil basketball player Brian Davis told Haynes, quote, that capital is coming from private investors who are located here in America who are domestic. I have a great amount of respect for the Saudi Arabian people and Arab people in Islam in general. I love them, but the money is not Saudi Arabian, and I've never been to Saudi Arabia in my life. End quote. Of course, the source of the money was not the only question that Davis has been facing in the public uh, eye. Uh, Davis has also been sued several times for business deals, and just this week, former NFL linebacker Sean Merriman took to Twitter to call Davis's bid to buy the commander's BS. 
Davis responded uh, to that storyline by saying, quote, I've made business mistakes, but in terms of character integrity, what I can say is that unlike most, I didn't file bankruptcy. I actually sold my assets to pay everyone back. So I would like to apologize to the public or anyone else that I have offended or I gave harm. But the idea is that I am a stand up person and I sold the assets to pay everyone back and I've moved forward. End quote. Of course, Merriman uh, states on Twitter that he has never been paid back and would like to be paid back by Davis. But that's not all. This thing has even more turns to it. Eric Flack, also of WSA9, who brought all of the breaking stadium site development news to the Locked On Commanders podcast last year when that was going on. And I'm sure we're going to have more coming in the coming months as the new ownership group gets settled in and focuses on that uh, venture. Flack also took Twitter to report, quote, on March 27th, just days after putting in a $7 billion bid to buy the Washington Commanders, Davis and his company, Urban Echo, were sued for failing to repay $322,000 in loans from a D.C. man. Davis says Urban Echo is the source of his wealth. He has yet to respond to the court summons, end quote. So this uh, this former basketball player who has a $7 billion bid in to buy the Washington Commanders can't pay back a $322 loan or won't pay back a $322 loan. Either way, not very good, but we aren't done yet. In an interview with the sports junkies on Wednesday, Davis said he was involved in PG County's Blue Line Initiative. Well. Craig Hoffman of Team 980 took to Twitter and reported that he checked into that. And the word he got is that Davis has done absolutely nothing involved with that project. So there's that. Uh, on top of all of that, he told the junkies, quote, my money comes from white people, end quote. I mean, at this, at this juncture, I have to wonder if we're just all being punked and if Ashton Kutcher has anything about like maybe this is a Netflix special that we're just not aware of. Because I just I just can't believe any of this is real, to be quite honest with you. I'm going to be honest. Um, I've I think I've already like I I've already reached the point beyond where I really want to talk about this bid, but because it is news, because it is something that's being reported on and something that has been confirmed as a bid, like there is a bid in. Um, you know, I felt in the in the interest of being thorough for you guys, uh, I was going to go ahead and follow. But you know, Darren Haynes said on Wednesday uh, that he is he's pretty much done with this until there's an official reason to not be done with it, i.e. Uh, something has been accepted or funds have been verified some way or vetted. Uh, I think I'm going to follow suit. So it's uh, it's it's stranger than fiction, but it might be fiction. I don't know, man. I, it's it's a crazy story. But from here on out, unless there's an absolute reason to, I'm just going to focus on the Josh Harris bid and that group. Uh, I hope you guys are OK with that. This is kind of funny, a little bit comical, but it's also kind of sad, guys, if this is real, you know, and, and it's not a joke, um, it's it's kind of sad. So I don't want to feed into it any more than we already have. So that's me the last I talk about it, unless, again, something like officially official comes through or something, you know, to like verify where the funds are coming from. I, I just I just don't want to be a part of this man's business tailspin uh, story any longer than I already have been. So. In the meantime, I want to thank you guys for bearing through that, for coming through every day like you do for my everydayers, making Locked On Commanders your first listener, first view every single day. Again, Thursday, I'm headed to Ashburn for Coach Ron Rivera and General Manager Martin Mayhew's press conference, and I will report back with everything we learned, didn't learn, and what it means for next weekend. If you have questions you want asked, if you want me to ask Ron Rivera or Martin Mayhew your question, hit me up, and I'll see what I can do about getting you guys 
some answers. Send your questions, any questions, not just for the press conference, but for anything else and mock drafts to my email at lockdowncommanders at gmail.com or on Twitter at dharrison82 or in the YouTube comments or text anytime to 202-760-2644. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders, more importantly, hanging out with you five days a week. Till we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next time right back here for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.